how I have just missed being able to sit down and share with you guys some thoughts that have been on my heart. And while I have been extremely blessed by the way this season has taken off, all of the incredible moms that we have really been able to connect with here in season two, not just the moms, but incredible thrivers that are in their circumstances and choosing to be victors. And that is exactly why every person that has been on this episode, this podcast, that's why they've been a part of this is because they've literally chosen to say, not me. I do not choose to be a victim to my circumstances. I choose to rise up. I'm going to thrive and we're going to make this happen. And with that being said, I am so excited to be sharing with you today. One of the most favorite topics I think that I could ever talk about. It is something that um, has been on my heart for pretty much I feel like since this podcast got started. I've been waiting to really just like dive into it and I just figured not anymore. We're going to just dive in right now. We're going to get it going. One of the things that you guys are always asking me is, Annie, how the heck have you gotten your daughter to where she is? And I think some of you are also wondering too, how the heck do you do you do what you do? All of those setbacks, all of the challenges that you face, how do you do that and you still continue to move forward, right? And so that's what we're going to talk about today. But I think you're going to be surprised. It's not what you think. It is definitely not us just thriving and, you know, just choosing, oh yeah, that's us. We're doing that, you know? Um, I'm going to talk through kind of where my mindset is with this. And I know I've touched on this a couple times in season one, but for all of you that have stuck with me through the very beginning, bless your hearts because season one, there was, you know, I was still learning kind of just how to connect with you guys, what I wanted to share, how to share it, all of that stuff. So we're going to dive in. This is blessed for this mess. And I love you guys so much. Let's get going. Okay, so I know that this is, you know, this might come off as a shocker (laughs) and I might be being sarcastic. We'll find out. Um, Where Ava is today, how she has been able to overcome a lot of what the doctor said about her and how her life was going to be, what the diagnosis of what the syndrome really represents and what it's going to speak into our children's lives. All of that, how she's been able to thrive from it was not by accident. It was a very conscious decision that I've made every single day. And first I want to say, I feel like sometimes in life we, and I'm, this might be a silly um, kind of example, but when we make a budget, I think sometimes we're, I hear people like, you know, they talk about doing a monthly budget and, you know, they're reviewing it every single month, which I think it's great that we review and, and make sure that we're on track. But When we're making a budget, it shouldn't be, oh, this month, this is what our budget is. This next month, this is what it is. It should be, here is where our out expenses are going. And here's like our income. And we're going to give every single dollar a name. And then we're going to stick to that, right? Because we've made the conscious decision that this is what our income looks like. This is what our budget is going to be. And we're going to stay on track with this 
for X amount of time or whatever the, you know, whatever goal you're trying to achieve, whether it's buying a house or whatever, you just make the decision and then you're there, right? You make that commitment. It's not this thing where it's like, okay, well, we'll see what it looks like next month, right? Because then it kind of becomes this one foot in, one foot out. And so I think for for me, it started with the decision. I think it comes from a couple things. Um, I kind of broken it down into three things of like the major components, I believe, that have really allowed us to be in this place now that where you're really starting to see the harvest of the seeds that we've planted years ago, you guys. And so the first one that I would say, and, and if you have a pen and paper, you might want to write some of this down because I really feel like this is going to help you really understand how I've operated as a parent and why, like, <laughs> Annie, girl, why did you do what you did, right? So this is what this is, okay? So the first one, why and what? You know, we always talk about, like, you know, why, what's your why? And, you know, some people say, like, what do you want to do the rest of your life? And I have thankfully been in mentorship um, where I really was able to learn the value more of why than just focusing on what, but let's bring both of those into this conversation today. So your why, why are you doing this, right? And that seems, you know, it's pretty standard. Like, why are you going to do what you're going to do? And why did I do what I did, right? And so um, I'm going to jump into this too, but um, just to kind of allow you to take some notes here. The second piece of that, the why and the what, what? What results do you guys want? What are the results that you're after? And this does not even have to be just for helping your child thrive. This could literally be for you too, mama. This could be for you, dad, if you're listening. I know we've got some dedicated dads that listen into this podcast, which I am like cheering you on. You guys are so fantastic. And you don't even have to be a parent. Like, what do you want for yourself that maybe you're not at yet? And why are you going to do whatever it takes to get there? right? So these are questions that you could be asking yourself and really just kind of doing the self-inventory check, right? Which I've talked about in previous episodes. It's so important that we're really figuring out, you know, where we really are being honest with ourselves, right? Not the not the um, kind of list of who we think we are or who we would rather be. This is like, get gritty, be honest, because if you're honest with yourself, and can really acknowledge um, some areas in your life that maybe you're not happy with. For example, let's be super transparent, Annie. Um, I have told you guys before that I am and have been a strong woman, which is something that I'm not always proud of because I feel like for me, that has prevented a lot of growth. It has prevented a lot of destruction in relationships and um, I just feel like it hasn't really allowed other people to step in and, you know, the vulnerability side is so much more to me, strength, being able to acknowledge and humble myself and say, this is where I was wrong, or I'm not always going to have the answer. And that doesn't mean that I'm not still worthy. I think that that was something that I always struggled with is I felt like I had to achieve above and beyond just kind of like average and because of life circumstances that have happened in my life I really felt like it came from this place of fear where I'm like I'm going to be strong because you're not going to hurt me 
right? And I know that some of you that have listened from the very beginning have heard me say just that because it's very true. Like I literally have operated from a place in my past where I'm like, I'm not going to let you see these, you know, intense parts because I don't want you to hurt me. And so I'm going to be really strong and blah, blah, blah. And so just kind of operating and being honest and saying, okay, where am I at? What are things that I wanted to really kind of alter and adjust so that I can get to where I need to go, right? And so I think that that's really healthy. And I think that um, it's important that we do that. So for me, let's just talk about that. The why and the what. Why did I make this conscious decision of getting Ava to now be in this place where she really is starting to thrive in her circumstances? To me, I have always said, I never wanted my child to just survive. She was not made to survive. She absolutely wasn't. And I am claiming honestly over all of your children right now, over yourself, over your mindset, over your heart, you were not born to survive. You were born to thrive. And it is time that you step into that and you own that and you say that you were more And the past circumstances, the past situations you've been in, the way that you used to talk to yourself, no more. It's not like you cannot continue going in that direction and continue to move forward. You absolutely can't. So I'm claiming right now that I'm praying over all of you right now that you realize that you were made to thrive. And this is exactly what I've spoken over my daughter from the very moment she was born. But importantly, when the moments where we really realized, okay, her journey is going to be completely different than what we thought it was going to be. And we didn't have a manual and no one has a manual. Let's be real. Okay. (laughs) No one has one, but it's just kind of one of those things where you're like, okay, I don't know anyone else that's in my situation. And so what am I supposed to do? How am I supposed to do this? And so it had to start with, okay, why I'm going to do what I'm going to do next is very dependent on that right there is that I don't want my child to survive. I want her to live a life full of purpose, full of thriving and full of everything that she was brought to do. And I know 100%, I'm not kidding with you. I know that God did not design her to barely get by. And so that's where it started for me. I mean, honestly, it comes from my faith. I 100% give it all to that. But it really comes from that is I knew deep down in my heart that my kid was made for more. And everyone's made for more. But not all of us are choosing that. And so the next piece of that was the what, right? So what results did I want? Well, I just said it. I wanted my kid to thrive. Whatever that looked like, I wanted her to thrive. I didn't want her to... um be so dependent on me and the sad reality is is as a special needs parent one of the biggest fears we always think about is what happens when I am no longer here and so as tough as that was as a 21 year old mom I can't even believe that this is you know at 21 I was thinking these kind of thoughts and let's just be real I was still a baby like (laughs) I can't believe that I was a mom that young but I'm thankful because I'm just thankful because of the mindset that I had at such a young age, but I really had this, this, I, this thought and just this mindset that, okay, if I'm not going to be here the rest of my life, 
then I have to do everything in my power right now to prepare her for that moment. If you didn't hear what I just said, let me repeat that. I made the conscious decision that everything moving forward from that moment, I was going to operate from a place that was preparing her for the moment that mom was never going to be here again on this earth. And I don't understand, I don't know, for some people that might be really hard and intense to think about, but the reality is, is I didn't know what the syndrome was going to look like down the road. I didn't know any of that at the time. And so for me, it was like, all right, that's going to mean that I'm going to have to operate from a place that comes from tough love and loving her so much, which mothers, I mean, the love that we have for our kids is just incomparable like you can't compare it to anything like it's just so intense it's deep there's things that we do that other people don't understand and it's like it's just hashtag mom like you don't I don't know girl it's just it is it is what it is and so for me it was like everything that I was going to do moving forward was going to operate from that why and that what is because I knew my child was going to one day have to live without me and I never wanted to leave her unprepared and and who knows what what the future is going to look like but all I can tell you right now is my mindset this is number two so if you are writing these down mindset is my my second piece to kind of how we've been able to get Ava to where she is um my mindset is what shaped kind of all of this and so um you know I, I think once I made that decision, it was like, okay, everything that I do moving forward, everything, the way that I speak to her, the way that we, you know, everyday life, all of it is going to operate from this place that I am creating a victor. I am creating a thriver. Part of that as well, you know, also comes to me as a parent, right? I had to know, okay, I've got to realize that I can't, as a human being, physically, mentally, emotionally, give my best 24-7. And that's the reality. Like, I don't know, there might be some superhero moms out there that can, but I'm not always my best. And so I've got to be able to create a dynamic where Ava can take a moment to even just be by herself or just, you know, being able to do things independently that allow me to kind of recharge. So I can just kind of decompress and say, okay, I don't have to sit here and like, you know, have this, this mindset and operate from this place where it's like a hundred percent. But even then, if you really think about it, the moments that she's being independent and I'm stepping away, that's me still allowing her to thrive because it's, it's teaching her, you're not going to always have someone hovering over you and telling you what to do and taking care of you. You have got to figure it out. So mindset was my second piece. How I was operating kind of with my thoughts, how I was speaking to myself. This is all mindset, right? How I was speaking to Ava. Actually, ironically, just had this conversation with Ava's teacher this morning about how She's been around a lot of nonverbal students, of course, um, but it was interesting because she feels like the dynamic that I'm bringing with Ava, because Ava has such a high cognition, um, she knows what's going on and you can see it. You can, I mean, you can tell her to do something and we're starting to see breakthroughs right now, which 
is phenomenal. So we're seeing all of this. And she said the piece that I feel like is different with how you operate as a parent versus other um, parents that have nonverbal children and maybe don't have as much cognition level is because I speak to her all the time. I'm always telling her, this is what we're doing. Okay, we're going to go here. This is, you know, this is why we're doing this. And I can tell you so many, there's so many videos from when Ava was younger of really working with her on trying to get her to, you know, take a step or move sideways or scale the couch, you know, all these things. And in every video, you're going to hear me say, okay, let's do it. Keep going. I know. I hear your frustration, but this is what hard work looks like. This is why we're doing it because one day you're going to run, right? And so it's, I'm always talking to her and I try to talk to her in such complex sentences because I truly believe not only does she understand, but if she's going to communicate, I want that girl to have a full list of vocabulary, right? Not just come here, sit down, all done, right? Ava, we're going to come sit at the table because it's time for dinner. Once we're done with dinner, we can then finish playing on our iPad or we're going to go take a bath, okay? But we're going to sit together as a family. These are kind of like the dynamic that I have with her. So it's really operating really from the root of mindset. And then lastly, the third one is adjustments. I know all of you that have been listening to this podcast absolutely know that I am one of the biggest um, fans (laughs) of adjustments because it's so important. I think so often, even as a strong woman, right? Let's just even talk about being a strong woman. I think as a strong woman, it's so hard to admit when we need to kind of readjust, right? Because you're like, in a way you're thinking that that means you failed, right? Oh, well, if I stop now, then, then I failed. Or if I stopped, then, it, then I didn't do it right. And I think Let's operate from a place where we're saying, I'm going to get better. What your better is, is not your best right now, if that makes sense. I've really come to this place where it's like, adjustments are so important. Think about it. You, you're going on a GPS and you're like, accidentally missed your turn. And so what does the GPS do? It reroutes you. It adjusts the GPS to where you're actually supposed to be going, right? It's the same thing. We, if we're going in a direction and we think it's the best direction, which nine times out of 10, that's where we're operating from. And then we start to realize, okay, growth happened. The season changed. My mindset has developed. It's grown, whatever. All right. I'm realizing in this moment, this isn't going to be the best piece to move forward with my daughter or my child or myself or whatever you're doing. And so it's finally just coming to this place where it's saying, okay, Hey, that didn't go the way I thought it was going to go. All good. Let me just like pivot, pivot. (laughs) Anyone who watched Friends, pivot, Um, pivot, right? And it's all good. I think the moment that we're defeated is the moment that we choose to feel like we can't be defeated. So we have to keep going. It's almost like when you're on a highway, you miss your turn. So you just keep going straight because you're like, oh, no, no. If I turn around, like I, I just like totally expose myself. You know, I'm going backwards. No way. So I'm just going to keep going straight. Well, then you're completely going in the wrong direction and you never got to the actual destination that you were planning on going. Right. 
That sounds so silly. If that's, I mean, if we really break it down like that, that's what a lot of us do. That's where we operate from. And so the three things that have really shaped getting Ava and getting myself to where we are is figuring out our why and our what, why we were going to do what we were going to do, why we chose to operate from a place of choosing to do things that are so much more challenging now versus doing what's easier now. And that's what I really want to talk to you about. How we thrive the hard way. Also, what? What do we want? What what results do we want? What do we want to look if we're able to kind of look at an end result and say this is our goal, what can we do starting now to get there? And I'll tell you what, nine times out of 10, you're probably never going to get to that actual goal or you might, but it's going to look different. But for me, it was like, I'm going to set the bar really high and I'm going to do whatever I can in these moments to operate as close to that as possible rather than saying, I have no idea. So I'm just going to throw this dart in the dark and hope that it lands on a target, right? And so it's really just saying, okay, That's the goal that I want. What can I do right now to get myself closer to that goal? And so that's really where we operated from. So the why, the what, your mindset. How are you talking to yourself? How are you speaking over your children? Are you saying things that are like, oh, she's crazy or not that any of, I'm hoping none of you do that, but just being more like aware of how we're talking to our children. Are you speaking life into them or are you speaking in a way that is binding them to their syndrome? Oh, she can't talk. Oh, she can't walk. You're binding your child to the syndrome, to the symptoms, to the diagnosis. Right? And if you've seen in my post, I've literally talked about why I don't represent Ava's syndrome on a t-shirt. Why even the apparel line, which I don't push it, by the way, because my heart is with this podcast I have felt so much impact and I've seen so much impact from the messages that you guys have sent me. And that's why I really focus here. But my apparel line, none of it will ever say that she's an angelman warrior because I don't want that bound to my child. Because I'm actually, I absolutely believe without a shadow of a doubt, and I really believe that this was downloaded from God, that she is going to one day not have Angelman syndrome. I absolutely believe that we are going to see radical healing in our children. And I expect that. The way medicine is going, um, the where, where my faith is, to me, this is me trusting in God and saying, I have no idea what that's going to look like. I have no idea when that's going to happen, but I am trusting in you to see us through this. And so, you know, just for me, it's like, I, I don't speak any of that over my child. It, I, may, I may say, oh, Ava is nonverbal or, oh, Ava doesn't talk at the moment or Ava does talk, but we say these things, right? Or she, she speaks in a different way that allows us to, to learn how to communicate in a different way or even to listen in a different way. And so I'm never saying she can't do this, she can't do that. I'm saying at the moment, this is where we are, but this is where we're working towards, right? And so that might be something that is an adjustment in your vocabulary, in your mindset that if you're not there yet, 
that's okay. Let's make an adjustment and let's start practicing that every single day. That is why I'm so huge on affirmations because I need a fresh refill on how I speak to myself. I have been so critical of myself and, you know, just so hard on myself because to me, it's like the mission is to get my child to thrive. And that's a never ending thing every single day. It's in the little things, you guys. So even just to give you some examples of how we've been able to thrive, I call this how we thrive in our circumstances the hard way. The reason why it's the hard way is because I choose, I literally make the conscious decision that I am going to do everything that is challenging and difficult and capacity stretching and emotionally stretching all of it right now rather than doing what's easy. The reason for that is because I want her to thrive. And so that means we are going to have to put her through the ringer now so that as she starts to grow, she has a foundation that is so thick and strong and full of grit that she's like, I got through so much at this age, that is not going to stop me. So to give you some examples, when Ava was little, um, she slept in a crib and with her diagnosis, there are a lot of children. And mind you, I know that there are so many different aspects that come into play as far as like where, what your child is capable of at the moment and just like the medical side of all of that. But this is how I raised Ava and that's the only thing that I can share with you. So I'm not saying that my way is the only way that works or my way is the way that is going to free your child. I'm not saying any of that. I'm just sharing this is what has gotten us to where we are. And so hopefully you're taking that and hearing that with the right heart and knowing my heart too, right? Because I'm not sitting there, you know, judging any of you guys or any of that. I'm just, I want all of us to thrive and thriving looks different in every single person's life, right? So for us, when she slept in the crib um, with her syndrome, like I was saying, a lot of the children tend to be in safe beds because usually they're up (laughs) at all hours of the night. And typically with Ava syndrome, they average about four hours of sleep a day, right? So you're thinking, okay, how the heck am I going to get sleep, but make sure that my child's safe and not like coming out and walking out the front door, you know, getting in the kitchen and, you know, all this crazy stuff. And so my mindset was, okay, I've got to work with her first on sleeping. And so for me at a very young age, even when she was like six months old, when I would put her down for bed. It wasn't, okay, we're going to sing five songs, do two dances, a puppet show, three night lights, bubbles, you know, like all this kind of stuff just to get her to kind of stay in bed. It was, this is bedtime. Like we eat, we brush our teeth, we have a bath, whatever, maybe read a book, um, get some cuddle session in, and then it's time for bed. And so when we go to bed, Ava, it's lights out, we're laying in bed, and we go to sleep. And I'm not going to come in and play this game where you keep getting out of bed. And so I keep, you know, doing this back and forth thing with you. And it becomes this game because you're like, oh, every time I do this, mom comes back and it lets me stay up. You know, so it's kind of like work operating and finding the adjustments and kind of the tango of the dance, right? And so I can't tell you for, for years, you guys, I took her from the crib, put her in a toddler bed for years, We worked every single night putting Ava back to bed, you know, letting her kind of figure that out and doing it every single day. And it was, 
frustrating as heck at times when you're super tired and you just want to relax or you just relaxed on the couch and you hear a little creep of the door open and you're like, oh, she's out again. Okay, right back to bed. It's bedtime, Ava. Time for bed. Lay back down and then walk back out. Did this a couple times and then after a couple times, if it continued, I no longer spoke to her. It was taking her by the hand or picking her up, depending on kind of like what age she was at, um, and putting her right back to bed. And eventually, she stopped getting out of bed. And eventually, she was sleeping through the night. And so, this wasn't something that lasted a week. This wasn't something that lasted a few days or hour or whatever. This happened years. It took years and and we're still working on it. We're still making, we had to make some adjustments because as soon as we ended up moving, um, for whatever reason, we had a setback where Ava wanted to just get out of bed and I was pregnant and it was crazy and my hormones were everywhere and I was tired. And so I said, okay, this is, this is where I am going to make an adjustment. I'm not going to be someone who's like, I will not accept defeat no, I I needed to accept this moment that we needed to make an adjustment because mentally I needed to stay healthy and I wasn't going to stay healthy continuing to do that. And so we had to buy guardrails. And so now Ava right now is still in a bed with guardrails and we're working towards making the adjustment again of getting her back to just a typical bed without the guardrail assist, right, to keep her in the bed. And so, I mean, even with crawling and walking, if you think about it, I knew every single day that therapy wasn't just during therapy. To me, therapy was when she would go to physical therapy or when physical therapy came to us, you know, whatever season we were in, that wasn't for Ava, even though like maybe, yes, obviously they're there for Ava. Um, To me, it was actually the moments that I was to study to watch what they did, why they did what they did, the adjustments that they were making for Ava in whatever season she was in. And that was for me. Okay, they're doing that. They're doing this. Okay, how can I apply that in our daily life, right? And so every single day moving forward from that, I operated from a place of like, okay, when we go to the park, you can stand now. That's great. And maybe you're not able to walk independently yet, so let's work on that. So I, I would kid you not, every like weather permitting, I was at the park with Ava after school at least four to five days a week. And you're talking about being with a child who was nonverbal and around a bunch of children who are, who are running around, moms who are sitting and chatting with other moms and dads and just like having a good time watching their kids run around. And if you could literally see and zoom in where we were, I was right next to my kid in the middle of the playground, had her standing planted on like kind of, you know, whatever object holding on to something and saying, okay, you got this. Look at the kids. They're playing. Oh my gosh, come on, come on. And I'd say, okay, come closer this way. And it was literally just like even her taking little steps along the playground wanting to connect with the other kids because she's a kid herself. Hello. So her motivator was getting around the kids. So I threw that kid into that situation where she was so hungry to play with those kids. 
and she didn't have the confidence to trust herself to make a step. So we worked on it every single day. And every single day was not easy. I promise you right now, there were so many times I would be there and think to myself, why do I do this to myself? This is painful. It is painful to watch your kid, like, to watch your kid have the desire to want to go play, to see them, and then to see other kids not understanding why she's not running, why she's not walking, why does she make that funny noise? Every single day, you guys, I would make this decision to put ourselves back in that place. As painful as it was, because I knew the pain that I was feeling right now, if I didn't feel that now, I was going to feel that much later on a very magnitude of a scale of that little piece. And I never wanted to say, okay, I throw in the towel to the syndrome, Eva. I can no longer do this. It's too painful for me to watch. No. That I could never do for my child. Because I made the decision a long time ago that we were going to teach her to thrive. To not survive. So in those moments when I would feel the pain. In those moments when I would see the stares. The questions from the parents. The looks from the parents. The heartbreak as a mother to see your child wanting so badly to play with other kids and physically not capable of being able to participate. Every time I felt that, I knew it was because I was making her thrive. And that is exactly why I put myself in those situations every single time. Now, of course, there were times where I said, okay, That was really painful, so we're going to make an adjustment and we're going to wrap up short. So it didn't mean that I didn't show up, but it also meant that I made adjustments of how long I was going to show up in that moment and what that moment was going to look like, right? Because there were times where I was like, okay, that was really painful. I am no longer going to be able to serve you in your best interest right now, so we're going to wrap this up and we're going to head out, right? And you have to just be able to be okay with that and say, okay, it's not going to look cookie cutter. It's not going to look the same every single day. And so um, that's kind of where I was as far as just adjusting and, you know, choosing to do what's hard and, you know, getting Daniel on the same boat. It's interesting because we've had this conversation so many times because, you know, for him, he would just be like, why don't you just get, you know, guardrails or, you know, and this was prior to us getting guardrails and like, why don't you just do that? It's so much easier or keep her in a crib because then she won't get out. And I get that because that's so much easier right now when we've got other things going on and blah, 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 or, you know, we're tired from the day. Of course, you don't think that I would want to just like unwind and not have like, like have some uninterrupted time for myself. <laughs> like, Hello, I would love to do that. You don't think that I would love to, you know, just like come home after school or go to, you know, just chill, whatever. Let's just say chill, okay? But instead, no, I was going to grocery stores, not buying anything, but taking Ava because she was walking, but she had to hold on to something. So we would go into grocery stores, um, not grocery stores, but even grocery stores when we go shopping, but um, more like department stores. All right, Ava, grab a cart 
push the cart. Let's go. Wow. Look at that. Wow. You know, and we would do that forever. And we would literally just go into department stores for physical therapy. We wouldn't come out with anything except we'd come out stronger in our mindset, stronger in our commitment, stronger in our relationship. Because I absolutely believe that my child is watching me watch how I am raising her. And I absolutely believe that she knows, wow, she's really helping me get somewhere I don't think I would have gotten had she not pushed me this way. Right? Wow, my mom loves me so much that she's willing to like take time to do things that, you know, maybe most people wouldn't be doing because... My child's nonverbal, so I, I'm not going to speak to my child. My child doesn't walk, so we're just going to sit around on the floor all day, right? No, that's not what we were going to do. And I totally believe that she sees that. And so, you know, this is just kind of, I, it could be re- very radical to some of you guys. Like, wow, that's really intense. That's, that's a lot. But the truth of it is, is I knew that in order for us to thrive, how we truly were going to thrive in our circumstances was going to be solely based off of us doing things the hard way now. And that is something that I'm super passionate about um, and something that I, I think is it's time to flip the, the script on that. I think so many of us want to thrive and we want it to look easy. We want it to be like, oh, you know, I rolled out of bed and my hair was, you know, freshly curled and makeup on fleek and challenges are a thing of the past. Like I'm not weak, I'm strong, you know, whatever. And I think it's time that we really just change that and say, if we're going to thrive, the only way that we're going to get stronger, the only way that we are going to thrive through these circumstances is placing ourselves in the challenging moments and saying, okay, these little moments, right? The little moments, you guys, they're, they're little. It's every single day, this compound effect, right? Every single day, okay, you can take a step today. Let's work on taking a step and a half tomorrow. You can take two steps. Let's try to take three. And so it's literally just every single day trying to make this conscious decision that we are going to show up to the commitment we made on why we're doing what we're doing, what results we wanted, what we were going to do to get them, the mindset we were going to have, and the adjustments that we were willing to make to make sure that number one and number two happened. So I'm hoping that this connected with you guys. Um, In fact, I have planned to actually start showing you guys a deeper level of what that looks like um, as far as how we're thriving in our day-to-day life, how we choose to do the hard things, you know, why I choose to make Ava walk everywhere. I mean, she walks everywhere now, but when she was first starting to walk, she was a slow walker, which is fine. She's walking. I don't care. (laughs) But she would, you know, take slower to walk. It would be, you know, off balance. She would only have the stamina to go so far. And so, Every single day I chose, okay, if I have to leave 30 minutes early just to give us time to allow her to walk, I'm going to do it. Okay, you're tired. Let's keep going. Walk a little bit more. I know hard work pays off. Keep going. You've got this. You've got this. Every time that she would get frustrated, I hear that you're frustrated, but you've got this. 
it's so important that we continue to teach them. If I made everything easy for her, she would never tap into the potential that she has. So for me, raising my child is to not make her comfortable. It is to put her in uncomfortable positions to teach her that she is fully capable of doing whatever she puts her mind to. That to me is how we thrive. So I hope that this connects with you. But like I was saying, I'm going to start putting a lot of this content into some series on YouTube, um, more of actually showing you, not telling you. And if this really connected with you, I would love for you to share that with me over on Instagram. Um, If you want to hear more of a specific piece of this topic or just in general along this series of kind of how we thrive in our circumstances, I absolutely would love to hear from you. Um, For me, this is like the biggest thing that I am passionate about. And so (laughs) I hope that this connected with some of you as it, it just... It blesses my heart so much because one, it just surprises me that as a 21-year-old, I was able to make a decision and understand the value of committing to that no matter what my day looked like, no matter what I felt like, no matter if I was sick, I showed up every single day and I continue to do that. But the way that I show up might not look the same every single day. And so um, I hope that that connects with you guys. But I love all of you so, so much, and I'm excited to see what's connected with you guys so far, and I've got some incredible things in store for you guys coming up here soon. Well, you have made it to this part, and I had to update our outro here, guys, because we officially have launched our YouTube channel, and we have videos going up as we speak. And so if you have not checked that out, head over to my Instagram at blessed for this mess. The link is in the bio for everything that you're going to find that I have done this far, which is the podcast. We have our apparel line and the YouTube channel that we have just created. And so I am so excited, but beyond all of that, The most important thing that I think that we can take from this together, I would love to connect with you. Let me know what's connecting with you over in my messages on Instagram, um, things that you want to hear more of, and um, just maybe just in general what's connecting with you, or even just to say hi that you're a listener. I would love to hear from you. And if you haven't yet rated or reviewed this podcast, I absolutely would love if you could do that. Um, It's definitely going to allow new people that um, stumble upon the podcast to get um, some valuable credibility and value from your input and what you're taking away from the podcast. And so, you know, we just got started. And so it's going to be very important that, you know, they see from other people what's connecting with them and how it could potentially be a blessing for them to tune in as well. So once again, I would love to connect with you over on my Instagram at Bless for this mess. And I hope that you guys are finding the blessings in the middle of your mess.